any process when it involves a human tends to get um, you know fucked up basically uh, at some point because of human error so today we are talking about bioreactors now this is a term that you will come across a lot especially if you are researching or wanting to find out more about what is taking so long in terms of getting um, cultivated meat to a point where it's actually uh, affordable um, and and realistically can be considered as a kind of competitor uh, competitor to buying uh, uh, you know like a piece of meat from an animal. You'll come up with the term bioreactors quite a lot, so that's what I thought I would do. Uh, this this um, kind of basic definition of what a bioreactor is from my research, and I will give a caveat. Uh, you know, I am still very much learning about this topic. Uh, so if you're watching this and um, you pick up a mistake or you pick up something that uh, maybe is scientifically wrong, please, please do correct me. Very, very open to uh, criticism and feedback uh, about, um, well, I, I'd like to say anything, but obviously uh, with this stuff as well, and I'll be happy to uh, correct things because it helps me learn. And that's kind of um, the point of me doing this. So bioreactors let, let's start with a little bit of um, I think context so the everything is is built up of cells okay cells are, are kind of the, the fundamental building block um, especially when it comes to understanding cultivated meat um, when a, a bunch of cells basically become muscle or fat um, or a special combination let's say of muscle and fat on, or especially on certain animals uh, it tastes good, especially when it's cooked and seasoned. And essentially, that is why we're consuming uh, meat and dairy. Um, so this process of, um, of, 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 let's say, these cells combining into muscle and fat is what's happening naturally in an animal. Um, and that's why, as I said, we're rearing um, them, we're raising them and killing them uh, and eating them because we that is kind of what the... Uh, the product that we're trying to gain is it's these muscle and fat cells. Um, so what the challenge of the cultivated meat sector uh, is, is trying to, to kind of overcome is how can you um, replicate or how can you, uh, yeah, replicate this process of creating these muscle cells and fat cells in, in the form of uh, meat as we know it but not actually involve an animal in that process um, or not create it through an animal. Uh, and that really is like a fundamental uh, challenge that is trying to be um, overcome. And that is where the bioreactor really, really kind of comes into play. So the bioreactor is essentially a piece of equipment. Um, now, the aim, as I said, is... Uh, how can you replicate what's going on in the animal um, with man-made stuff? Um, and that is essentially what the bioreactor is doing. So I've really found that this kind of analogy of thinking of a bioreactor as, let's say, like a cow really helps me understand what it's doing in, in the cultivated meat process um, now if you've watched breaking bad you'll know that bioreactors are not something new and they're not something specific to um, cultivated meat 
you know, they're, they're used to produce uh, uh, pharmaceutical drugs, any drugs um, and, and, and certain biofuels as well. So it's not something that we use exclusively for cultivated meat. And that actually really helps uh, in terms of looking at how other industries are doing and, and um, borrowing off and leveraging off developments in other industries and other types of equipment used by, uh, like especially the, uh, the drug industries, um, and actually using that and adapting those things uh, to, to help with the kind of cultivated meat process. So I think it's also important to um, understand and appreciate that the bioreactor is not something that is uh from my understanding essential in creating cultivated meat at a very very small scale like a prototype scale the process can be done in a lab um and and i believe like the first uh uh, cultivated meat uh, that came out in like 2013 this wasn't done in a bioreactor this was done with small scale um lab equipment so it's not a necessity to create cultivated meat But the bioreactor has really come about around the challenge of how do you create it at scale? And because that is really what's needed. You know, you can't be having, uh, you know, millions and millions of people messing about in labs to create these little pieces of meat. You need to be able to scale it up considerably in order to, um, uh, you know, actually um, provide the demands of like a single human, let alone a whole population uh, in the world or the vast majority of the population in the world. So this is really where the kind of um, the cult, uh, the bioreactor has come about as a need for uh, cultivated meat to be able to scale. So I, I really find it helps me um, think about the visuals. So visually imagine what a bioreactor actually looks like. Um, in the process of understanding what it actually does that's just me because i'm a visual kind of person so hopefully this is going to help you but i thought it'd be useful to sort of paint a picture in your head or uh, uh, of what i am imagining uh, a bioreactor to, to to be like and, I, and again another caveat here i've never been in any of these rooms i've never seen this stuff uh, up close and personal i'm not from a biology or chemistry background at all so um, i'm going to use uh, my imagination uh, of again going back to the breaking bad analogy of um, gus fring uh, so gus fring's meth lab um, that's kind of what i'm imagining and, and from the images i've seen it very much does look like that um, where you've got like a clean room um, you've got uh, lots of uh, security access in terms of like people being able to go in and out of these rooms uh, they're climate controlled um, so very kind of like a high-end let's say facility um, and then when it comes to the actual bioreactor itself the main part of it is this big stainless steel vessel uh, and um, there's also some pipes coming in and out of it um, you, you, you'll often see uh, either a motor sitting on the top or on the bottom of the vessel uh, and connected to that, which you can't see is inside the vessel. Um, there's kind of like a big stirrer um, that, that is used to like mix stuff up. Um, and then you've got some sort of like control panel unit or something attached to the side or attached to it, essentially. And that's kind of like the brains of the outfit, um, uh, uh, you know, telling the humans are operating the bioreactor what's actually going in um 
inside the bioreactor, what the conditions of the bioreactor are. So, um, again, I think this, this kind of analogy of looking at it in comparison to an animal helps when visualizing and understanding what a bioreactor does. Kind of think of this as like the insides of a cow. Um, so where we're using a, um, how can I put it? Where we're using the inside of a cow in order to turn these uh, animal cells into meat, um, into muscle cells and um, into muscle and fat that we actually consume. The bioreactor is basically doing the same, um, but in a man-made sense where we are uh, uh, creating an environment for these cells to turn into the product um, that we actually want to eat. Scale is the, I would say the biggest pro or the biggest thing as to why we are uh, looking at bioreactors as a solution for cultivated meat. Um, but I think another, um, it, it feels less so mentioned, but another um, thing that I think there's there's reasoning as to why you're going away from using like um, small scale equipment uh, to create these products is because it moves away from the reliance on humans. Um, so generally, uh, any process when it involves a human tends to get, um, you know, fucked up basically uh, at some point because of human error. With a bioreactor, um, there's more uh, opportunity there for automation uh, to control it fully um, by computers and less involvement for humans to make mistakes and maybe contaminate things and things like that. So, again, that's another uh, reason why we... Um, we'd be looking at bioreactors as a potential solution. So let's now kind of dig in a little bit deeper about what's actually um, going on in terms of the, the, the process of a bioreactor. So essentially, similar to an animal, um, what we're doing with the bioreactor is putting inputs like warmth, uh, adding nutrients, adding oxygen, adding movement, um, uh, balancing the acidity of the the, um, the inside of the, the vessel, because uh, that's where the, the cells sit. We're balancing that in order to facilitate um, the, the uh, cells to grow. Okay. Um, now, a common uh, uh, misconception is and especially for like a beginner like me because I was even thinking this when I first looked at it and heard about it is I was thinking that a cell would would sort of be put into the bioreactor and like a steak would basically come out it's a very very simplified view of it but it, it actually isn't the case um, the bioreactor is part of a larger process in the cultivated meat uh, uh, sequence let's say so you've got an animal cell um, that is extracted in, in terms of like a, doing a biopsy but before it goes into the uh, the actual bioreactor there's a middle process in between where usually the, the cells are placed in some kind of flask so think of like your old um chemistry class you you know uh, you've, you've got a flask you're putting the cells in you're putting some liquid in it um, and what happens in that process is uh, 
uh, what's happening in that flask is basically those cells are growing um, in size and in number. Um, I kind of look at this phase as kind of like warming the cells up and it's only once those cells are, are kind of warmed up is that we we then put it into the bioreactor okay and that's where the kind of magic happens with the bioreactor which I'll, I'll kind of get to in a second and once the, the bioreactor does its process it's not a piece of steak that's coming out of, of the back of it actually it's um, what people in the cultivated meat sector call it um, cell culture people not in the sector and maybe people that are um, let's say like more skeptical about it would call it um, slurry and to be honest I actually think a cell slurry is more of an accurate term of how it looks um, it's kind of like a gloopy substance of cells um, that sort of replicates meat but it isn't meat. Um, uh, uh, so after it comes out of the bioreactor, um, the next step is that uh, it actually needs to go through another, uh, several other processes to in, in order to actually get it to um, look presentable uh, and look like a piece of meat. Uh, so I haven't yet researched into those next steps, and that's something that I'm definitely intending to do. Uh, but the point of me kind of going off on this tangent is just to make it clear that the bioreactor is not doing everything. It's a big part of the process, but it's not the only part of the process. The part of the process it's doing is turning those um, cells that have already been warmed up from the flask into the kind of gloopy substance. Okay, so going back to what's actually happening in the process in that bioreactor, you've got the cells, you're feeding it nutrients, you're giving it oxygen, um, or else you're doing, you're keeping it warm. Uh, at the optimal temperature, and you're also um, like managing that the the, um, the pH level of that contents. Okay. Now, as I said in earlier um, in, in 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 video, there's also a process uh, where there's you've got a motor on the bioreactor, and what that's doing is it's mixing the substance around to make sure that um, it's it's continuous and uh, I think it's homogeneous is the term that's basically the substance is the same throughout right the pipes that are going in and out of the bioreactor are also extracting some of the waste substances um, that are created as, as as part of this process so you can now hopefully start to see that it sounds very much like what's happening in an animal right it's shitting it's eating uh, it's moving around, it's walking, and that's exactly what's happening with the bioreactor. Um, you can you can sort of think of it as mimicking um, the chemical and um, physical uh, conditions and actions that would actually happen in a cow or an animal in order for it to live and produce muscles and, and, and stuff that we actually eat from it. Um, and... To, to hone in a little bit more on exactly what's going on in that process, the cells uh, uh, that were put in the bioreactor go through two kind of um, processes. One is called proliferation. And what's happening in that instance is where the cell population multiplies. Uh, so it grows in number. So it grows in size. And I'll get to, to that in a second in a bit more detail. But the second thing that's going on is differentiation. So what's happening is those cells are now turning into uh, the, 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 the cell that we actually want to have. So um, 
this could be like a stem cell turning into a muscle cell or a stem cell. Sorry, I didn't turn my notifications off. Sorry if you can hear a buzzing. Um, stem cells um, turning into muscle cells or stem cells uh, turning into fat cells. So that's what's kind of going on in that bioreactor um, phase in order to come up with this kind of like cell slurry or gloopy uh, substance. Right, so the other thing that I just wanted to kind of move on to is the bioreactor sizing. Uh, and this links to that proliferation point that I made earlier. So the cell population is gradually increasing uh, during this phase that it's in a bioreactor. So an important thing to, to kind of be aware of is that the substance doesn't actually stay in one bioreactor. It's actually being transferred from one to another. Now, obviously, I'm trying to kind of generalize what companies on whole are doing. Uh, and that's quite hard to do, one, because they're all kind of trying to do something different. And two, because they're generally all quite secretive about what they're doing. Uh, so I'm just trying to explain the principle here, which I believe to be correct, is that the the cells are increasing. So the size, the, the mass of cells are increasing. So actually what happens is you progressively um, move the cell uh, cell mass from one bioreactor to the next, to the next, to the next, to gradually get bigger and bigger until it's an amount that's uh, worth you taking out or harvesting and turning into meat. So in current um, sizing, because this could change in a few years as things develop, you start off with a bioreactor that's about the size of a small bucket, um, and then you gradually are increasing. And at the moment, you're looking at a, a bioreactor about the size of like a large refrigerator or um, a wardrobe, um, which is kind of the end product size, and gradually they get bigger. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I guess they also get much, much more expensive and more complex to run as they get um, bigger as well. So the last, last thing that I just wanted to kind of finish off with is some of the limitations when it comes to bioreactors, some of the challenges, some of the uh, cons, I guess. Um, the first, first thing I think is most significant is the cost. Uh, and the limitation on supply. Um, so uh, there are other products that use bioreactors like drugs, but those things can typically be sold for a lot, lot more. So you can justify spending, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds on a bioreactor. With cultivated meat, you, you're obviously comparing and trying to compete with a price that uh, a product that's heavily subsidized. Um, and ultimately it's quite cheap for actually what goes into it. Um, so the, the cost of a bioreactor in relation to what you can produce from it at the moment is very, very high. Um, so this is a big challenge. And again, when you look at the, the volume of what is being consumed, you would need a very, very large number of bioreactors to even make any sort of significant um, dent in the um, any sort of significant dent in the actual consumption of meat. Um, now I have seen uh, you know some some people comparing that amount of space, let's say that um, 
bioreactors would take in relation to how much farmland is used. Obviously, that is a lot, lot smaller. But I think the point I, I wanted to make is in comparison to how many bioreactors we currently have in terms of supply, the amount we would have to increase from this current point is huge. Um, so that definitely is, is a, kind of a challenge with the industry. Um, and it also, and I think that is, is important to uh, raise, is that there's still a bit of a debate going on about whether it's actually sustainable or more sustainable to grow meat through this kind of process um, in comparison to a cow. Um, so we all know, I think it's very well publicised uh, about the impact of, um, and I use cows because that's probably the most significant, but the impact of agriculture uh, animal agriculture on um, climate change um, but there is actually arguments to say that the amount of processing that's needed in order to build these bioreactors maintain them you know uh, do all of the work that's needed to get this meat out on the other end uh, is more um, more intensive than what uh, what would be used in the, in the traditional sense so that is definitely a consideration um, it's still very very early stages both on the cost and the sustainability element so um, i think these things need to be taken with a bit of a grain of salt and maybe you got to wait to let these things play out a little bit more until we have a little bit more data to really accurately compare uh, the two um, the two solutions okay so Really hope that was useful. I'll be back with another episode to explain some cultivated meat basics. Take care.